Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to this disclaimer before we jump into our episode for this week, which is the Tyranid Codex, sorry, well, Tyranid Index uh, review. I'm recording this before points. And this will be the problem, and, and with the, the kind of timeline that I think has been floating around, it is not too crazy for me to wait, you know, a couple of days, maybe a week to get the point before we can do a more complete thing. So the part two of this episode will be delayed and will await the points, but I really wanted to get some content out for you guys and hopefully you appreciate that. Got to stay on this 10th edition hype train as it choo-choos along and tugs us all into this grand new era. But yeah, this will be joined by myself and the lovely Stuart Trainer. We'll be breaking down a bunch of the Tyranid rules or all the Tyranid actual rules and then a bunch of the notable data sheets that we find relevant. But you can find a full dissemination of the points, list building and questions and answered by our patrons over on the part two, which will be coming later this week. In addition, very likely I'll be dropping another episode or two over on the patron early. And the patrons will be getting full silver service every time I've recorded an episode, um, and I'm expecting to record them ASAP as soon as I can get experts lined up to break down all these indexes as they come out. You can catch all that stuff over on Art of War Down Under over on Patreon, and hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us, and enjoy the show. Down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down under. Gentlemen, and welcome to this episode 150 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. Man, I am getting close to that three-year mark. Six episodes from now, we'll kind of cap three years of doing this thing. Um, and jumping into a new edition as well, where, man, I, I, I will see what index I am in six weeks from now. Like, I could be on... Yeah, who freaking knows, actually? But I am here to review the first of the indexes. I don't know if this is going to be coming out first, because I've got a couple of votes going up in my patrons and subscriber chats for which of the indexes get done first. But this will be the Tyranid Index, and this is one I'm recording as soon as we can when the points have dropped. So I'm mean, going to be coming out thick and fast, and hopefully you are here for this ride. To that end, I am joined by the kid, the man, the now number two podium getter at Terracon. You've got a second and a third place at Terracon, or the two of the last big events um, in the calendar year in Australia, the last big ninth edition event for certain, is Mr. Stuart Trainer. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, hey, how are we doing, everyone? It's great to be here. Yeah, as a hive mind aficionado through and through, you are just kind of leaving this ninth edition having played GSC almost exclusively for the last 12 months, yeah? Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, basically since, uh, yeah, midway through, uh, early last year, I started on GSC train, about three months after the Codex dropped. Nice. And yeah, I haven't haven't really looked back. It's been, uh, it's been so much fun. Really keen to get some uh, Tyranid action? Oh, uh, yeah, like, I am... So excited for this uh, for this index and just for Tyranids in general. It's great to see the new models. I'm all about it. Uh, I'm ready to put the GSC on the shelf just to crack out my my true love, my baby faction, <laughs> my beautiful Tyranids. So love it, uh, yeah, they look really exciting. Have you managed to get a Leviathan box? I have. I have two Leviathan boxes on Oof. actually. Oof. Uh, so uh, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm. Not super keen for all the painting I'm going to have to rush through because I, I know that there's 
some pretty exciting units in those uh, boxes that I really want to get on the table as fast as possible. Absolutely. So to detail how we're going to be doing this, guys, as this may be the first one you're listening to the index reviews, we're going to be going as deep as we can into the faction rules because, of course, they'll be the juiciest of things that are going to give you that identity on the table. Um, but then when we get to the data sheets, naturally, it's just really just a big old bucket. I mean, the, the Space Marine one has 100, 200 and something pages in it in the index. We will not be covering every single data sheet. That was just not a thing that you want to listen to and not a thing I want to put you through. I'm going to be leaning heavily on my experts, in this case, Stu, to give us the one or two best ones in each slot. So Stu will be telling us, oh, this is the best, this is the best couple of HQ choices, and we're going to give you those in as much detail as we can. Why are they good? Why should you consider them? What do they offer you? We'll do the same for troops, fast attacks, elites, Lords of War flyers, whatever. And so you should get somewhere around about, you know, 12, 15, 16 detailed data sheet breakdowns. And hopefully those ones are the ones that we feel are the most relevant, you're most likely to see, most likely to want to go and paint and buy, etc. Um, is that fair to say, Stu? Yeah, 100%. I want to make it as, you know, easy for you to understand in that competitive field. These are the units to watch out for uh, and what you can expect to see in um, your, your local meta. And there is so, in these early days of the indexes, there is going to be a lot of gotcha hammer. And that is not going to be by intent. That is just going to be because essentially every single data sheet now has a stratagem activation, something spicy that it does. And learning those, learning the relevant ones is really going to be a lot of the knowledge check, the skill check, the stat check on the table for, you know, you have to point at every unit and be like, is this one going to run away? Overwatch me better, heroic me better, um, teleport, uh, anything, anything like that. <laughs> if I try and shoot it, and then you're going to look your opponent dead in the eye and just see what they say, because there's going to be so much of that going on. Um, if those, if you are just joining me, if you are just getting on top of the art of war down on the bandwagon, joining this tenth edition, uh, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. We have a wonderful Patreon that where the entire second half of this show will be contained. You can go over and find that at Patreon at Art of War down under. Uh, should you want to join us there, me and Stu will be talking about list construction for the Tyranids. What and what styles of list do you want to take? We'll be talking gaunt carpets, we'll be talking monster mashes, we'll be talking MSU, MMU, all those other things in between, and why they are good, why you should consider them, and why you may need to know what they are going to do to you should you come across them. And of course, Stu, nids are in the starter box. There's going to be a crap load of nids at the start of the edition, right? There is definitely going to be a lot of nids. I mean, already in ninth edition, we saw probably the largest amount of a nid populace we've ever seen before. Uh, I think they've always been a popular faction, but they've never had that sort of competitive or been at the height of the competitive play. Mm -hmm. uh, but this edition, or ninth edition, I should say, we saw that. So I think now that we've had that and now 10th edition nids are like that, the, the, the new enemy or big bad of the, of the edition. So I think that we're just going to see nids everywhere, to be honest. Absolutely. Um, all right, and jumping into the codex, mate. First impressions. First time you went through it. Uh, what was your gut feel? What do you think like is good at, bad at? Give us your hot take. Well, considering I saw it at 6.30am just after I woke up in the morning, uh, it <laughs> actually made me excited to get up and read it. So um, it was, yeah, I, look, I think this is a really, really interesting uh, uh, index, essentially. I think there's going to be a few different ways to play it. Uh, and I think it actually is going to be probably the most the most diverse in how you want to play the game because there's different ways to enhance battle shock. You can still yep. use the big stat checks of big monsters, but also gaunts seem really really good. You can bring uh, 
probably more than you could before. And they all have unique abilities that you can use to just play a really technical game about board control. Yeah. But what I will say is that Tyranids are definitely going to be a board control faction. I don't think they're going to be the kind of army that's going to hoover you off the table. Uh, but they are—they have so many tools and techniques to control the table, uh, control where your opponent's going to go, and also control scoring. And that's where I think Tyranid players are really going to excel. Hundred percent, dude. When first time, the first impression—I haven't been through it anywhere near as deeply as you have. I've pretty much gone over it once or twice, mostly just reading like the the relevant data sheets and the special rules, mostly. Uh, but. From what I can tell, from everything that I've seen so far from every other faction, I don't feel like any other index could be could be as well equipped to play the mission as Tyranids are. That, and you said it perfectly. The control that they give, they like if in Magic the Gathering, it'd be it would be a control deck where you don't you don't go and you know smash your opponent's life total by you know removing all their models or killing all their stuff. You control what your opponent is able to score and just dominate them in, in that fashion. And there are killy portions, but this isn't like offensively it doesn't seem like it's going to like table anybody in a multitude of turns it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna be way quicker to get to 100 points than you and even if you get close yeah and i think not only are you getting to 100 points i think you're just going to be able to suffocate your opponent spot on you know scoring like 20 points yeah absolutely all right jumping into the army rules the first of these is synapse if your army faction is Tyranids, while well, a Tyranids unit from your army is within six of one or more sign-ups models from your army, that unit is said to be within sign-ups range of your army. Each time a Tyranids unit from your army takes a battle shock test, if it is within sign-ups range, you take it on 3d6 instead of 2d6. Now, I've played a couple of games of 10th, and battle shock does seem to be quite relevant, but how do you feel about this rule, mate? Well, it's the first time ever that Synapse hasn't just been an auto-pass morale. Yeah. So, it goes to show how far GW has gone to make uh, Battleshock Battle relevant to the game. Yeah. That you know <laughs> the faction that has always ignored it while being in synapse range is now just very likely to pass mm-hmm. rather than guaranteed to pass. So I, I think this is good. I think you know it's it's obviously making a mid leadership army going to pass more 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 often than not. So I think this is a, a good rule. I totally, I totally agree. Uh, Shadow in the warp up next. You take it away. All right. So if your army faction is Tyranids, once per battle in either player's command phase, if one or more units from your army with this ability are on the battlefield, you can unleash the Shadow in the warp. When you do, each enemy unit on the bit of battlefield must take a battle shock test. So immediately the first thing I thought when I saw this was that, like, holy crap, when the chips are down, let's say you're the tuning player and you are going first, and you want to just be like, well, it's turn five, and they can either win the game or lose the game in their turn five because they're going to have the bottom of turn scoring. Well, what if they all just were battle-shocked and they couldn't score objectives in the last turn, and the game was just, therefore, completely over? Um, How do you feel about it? Yeah, there's a lot of interesting ways you can use Shadow in the Warp. And you've already addressed that sort of thing, that first turn or that turn five. Uh, you know, you want to try and get that end game scoring. Well, guess what? You're not going to be able to. Um, mm. The thing that strikes me that w- what I am worried about is while I do think this has potential to be a really powerful ability, it's also very unreliable. Correct. Because, uh, you know, not only is it just based on rolling a bunch of 2D6s and hoping that they fail, but sometimes you want to want specific units to fail. And yep. you got you can't control which are going to fail and which aren't going to fail. Yeah. Uh, of course, however, of course, they can still spend a CP and pass if they fail. You know. Correct. But I think that actually might be one of the best ways to use it at the minute is because now that we're starting at zero CP, and uh, as we'll get to in a bit, the stratagems in this index, and I think for most of the index, are eye-wateringly good. Correct. Like, 
They I mean, insanely do, powerful. The same as the Space Marine ones. I, I looked at both of these together, and I'm like, well, so okay, so they they took away two thirds of the uh, of the stratagems that we had last edition, and just left us with the absolute savage bangers that we would have had last edition because uh, all we ever used anyway. So, but yeah, um, what are some other applications for this special rule? So, what I actually like is going to these command points is forcing them to use the auto pass morale thing mm. just to just to burn the CP from them. So that means they can't use a defensive strat somewhere else or an offensive strat somewhere else. But I think yep. the best way that we're going to use this is that Tyranids, at least in ninth, ninth edition, or however I've always played them, is that you will generally have a few KG turns and then you'll have a go turn where you'll start to really come out, you'll start pressuring flanks or mm-hmm. trying to go for the center. And that's the turn that when they're about to react, you're going to activate Shadow in the Warp and say, well, all of a sudden you're you know, the stratagems you might want to use or those units you want to try and take those objectives back can't do it anymore. And you're I, going to force your opponent to use their resources uh, or take away resources that um, they're not going to be able to use to just fight you yeah. back anymore. One of the great things that I've considered, and I, I think this just came to me now because I didn't really key in that it just says in either player's command phase. So you can wait for a lot of things to happen before you unleash it. It doesn't say when in the command phase, does it? It doesn't stipulate. Yes, yeah, that's it. You can sequence so, it somewhere in the command phase. Yeah, correct. You wait for them to apply buffs. You wait for them to roll and pull their cards, their tactical objectives. Because a lot of the time, I mean, having played a couple of games now, there's a lot of objectives that say, "Oh, hold your your home objective and one in no man's land," stuff like that. Well, there you've got, yeah, you pull shadow in the warp after you've seen them draw that, and they have to pass two if they fail either one. If they've only got one for each each hold, they have to pass both, or else they get nothing. And then you can really time it to the to the best advantage. Um, there's also is there are there many ways to debuff um battle shock? Like, many ways to make people fail more easier in tyrannies? Uh, there is a few ways. Uh, the main one being uh, the new uh, Neuro Tyrant. Uh, yep. When you activate Shadow in the Warp, it does decrease the leadership characteristic of uh, uh, all enemy units. Hmm. Uh, and I believe... I think it might be Death Leaper as well gives a yep. another subtraction to that. So I seem to remember Screamer Killer doing something as well. Because I played a Leviathan yeah, the Screamer game. Killer... Think, yeah. uh, when it sh- uh, shoots you with this bioplasmic screen, yeah. you ha- that unit must take a Battleshock test. All right. Um, dumping into the detachment rules, hyper adaptations is what you get. At the start of the first battle round, select one of the following hyper adaptations to be active for your two needs. units from your army till the end of the battle. Um, I'll hit the first one, you can do the next two. Each time a Tyranids model with this hyper adaptation makes an attack that targets an enemy infantry or swarm unit, you have this sustained hits one ability, which is exploding sixes in old language. What's the next two? Hyperaggression. Each time a Tyranids model with this hyper adaptation makes an attack that targets an enemy monster or vehicle unit, that attack has the lethal hits ability, so sixes to hit will auto wound. Beautiful. And Hive Predators, which is each time a Tyranid model with this hyper adaptation makes an attack that targets an enemy character unit, if a critical hit is scored, that attack has the precision ability, so you will be able to target characters in squads. I like this a lot. This is very, this is very Tyranids. This is very faction identity Tyranids. I like it a lot. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is uh, very, very powerful. The ability to tailor to your matchups is always going to be a, an incredible strength. It's just, you know, if you're going to be versing knights, you're going to be taking hyper-aggression. If you're versing, like, you know, a horde army, swarming instincts, it, it just it gives you just a little bit of an edge going into every matchup, and I think that's really powerful. The last one needs a little bit of unpacking. The the critical, so a six is to hit um, becomes a precision ability. So, if where would you want to use this? You see somebody who has like a bunch of hero hammer, medium level units. Because un- unfortunately, you can't use this to kill 
sergeants and things of that ilk. So, but you can use it to pick out the characters. So, how many characters would you need to see in your opponent's army to warrant this getting used? Do you think? Yeah, well, we have yet to see how sort of like lists are going to be built in tenth um, edition. Yep. Um, but if there are armies that are, say, maybe like Eldar or something, which is going to have a lot of, like, Warlocks or Farshies yeah. maybe joining yeah. squads, I think this could be quite good. Uh, we've already seen that those units are going to be really powerful for Eldar. So the ability to just sort of maybe take the wheels off the, the wagon before it starts rolling might be really, really powerful. Yeah. And also, there's so one of the ones I thought of immediately is I would not be surprised if you can attach... And this is just purely off my gut feel of things like Necron warriors. Let's say you, let's let's say you're in the Necron, you, you, you're horde on horde. It's like hordes of Necron warriors, and so you, you have swarming instincts if you want. You have um, exploding hits, but is it, maybe it's even better to stop them getting plus one to hit by killing out their you know fair on their laws and whatnot. That might even end up being a better exchange because they're so they may be so pivotal. That's true. That's true. Um, but anyway, I think this is a phenomenal one. Funnily enough. I think it's just going to be 80% is the is number one or number two. And then, like, I still, I don't really know when you're going to use High Predators. Yeah, I think High Predators, as we'll get to the stratagem section in a sec, uh, it's a really good one to splash into. One of the stratagems will allow yep. you to get an additional one. And that's where I think High Predators is really going to be much better situationally. Okay, so being able to flex into it rather than having it as your, your take-all. Correct. Agree. All right, take it away with the first of the stratagems. So we have Rapid Regeneration. So you use this in your opponent's shooting phase or the fight phase, just after an enemy unit has selected its targets. You get to target one tuner's unit from your army uh, that was selected by these attacks. And until the end of the phase, you get a feel no pain six possibility. And if you're within synapse range, then you get a feel no pain five possibility instead. It's really good, but um, it's only against that attack, right? Oh, so it's until the end of the phase. Yeah, you have it. You have it. So it's the timing is interesting, but it's pretty. It's it's pretty freaking good, right? Yeah. Well, it's a reactive five up, feel no pain, essentially in a lot of scenarios. Yeah. Are you ever going to use it on when you get a six up? Like hardly ever, right? Probably not. Um, but I think yeah, like most of the time, if you're playing the game well enough, I think you will be in synapse range, or you'll plan to be in synapse range, so you can activate these stratagems. You know, it, there might be a key moment where you just, you kind of, something needs to survive, so you might burn it for the 6+, plus, but I think really the value is going to be in the 5+. plus. So if you are a Synapse unit, this is just a 1CP 5+, plus, yeah? Yeah, 100%. This is, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. All right, next up, uh, Death Frenzy 1CP. When uh, the fight phase, just after an enemy unit has selected its targets, target one tier unit from your army that was selected as a target of one or more of the attacking so the attacking unit's attacks. And the effect, until the end of the phase, each time a model in your unit is destroyed, if the model has not fought, roll a d6 on a 4+, plus. do not remove it from play. The destroyed model can fight after the attacking model has units has finished making its attacks, and then you are removed from play. So 1 CP for a 4+, plus fight on death. I think Space Marines have a 2 CP auto fight on death, but for 1 CP for a 50-50, I mean, in the right build, I think it's pretty good, yeah? Yeah, it's not bad. I, th- my interesting, my impression of this stratagem if this is a stratagem you're probably not going to use very often, but it's a, the stratagem you're going to tell your opponent and it's going About, to like yeah. keep, keep them back potentially. They may not, they'll be careful charging you because they go, oh, you could just one CP, roll a few four ups and trade back with me. Yeah. So I think that's going to be more often you're not going to use this, but it is a really good sort of deterrent. 
Spot on, mate. Uh, because, I mean, all honestly, like, you're doing this on Hormigans and Termigans and stuff. It's just not a, a factor. So it's yeah. really, it's going to be the medium bugs, most likely. Yeah, and, and like, on a four plus, it's just so swingy. So, yeah. like, yeah. it feels bad when CP is going to be so valuable now to just not roll the four plus and not get the value out of it. Yeah, spot on. All right, next one, mate. All yours. Adre- Adrenal Surge. So when fight fades. Target up to two tuned units from your army that are within synapse range of your army and are eligible to fight, or one other tuned unit from your army that is eligible. The effect, until the end of the phase, each time a model in one of those selected units makes an attack, a successful unmodified hit roll of 5-plus scores a critical Ooh, hit. yeah. And this so, is 2CP, by the way, sorry? Correct. Yeah, 2CP. So, <laughs> it's pretty good. So, 2CP two, two for two units to get critical 5s. Yes, and just on that, basically this means that your hyper-adaptations before are going to be activating on a 5-plus rather than Correct. a 6-plus. And, yeah, this is this is very powerful, especially because while you're in synapse range, you can do this on two units. This is going to be used often. I, I, well, you talked about that go turn where you, you want to clear and then, you know, wipe away whatever your opponent has on a couple of objectives. This is just perfect for that. Yeah, 100%. You're going to be saving your 2-CP, and when you've got it, you're go- and you're ready for your go turn, you're going to be using this, and I- it's really going to do a significant boost to your damage. Totally agree. All right, next up we have Overrun, the the terror that it was in oh, previous The edition. classic, the Let's- OG. No, no. <laughs> Absolute piece of crap. Anyway, uh, 1 CP, when in the fight phase, just after a tuned unit from your army consolidates. So you have... Uh, piled in, you have fought, and just after you have fought. Uh, target is that tuned unit, obviously. The effect until the end of the phase, each time a model in your unit makes a consolidation move, it can move up to six instead of three, provided your unit can end its consolidation move in unit coherency and within engagement range of run or war enemy units. If your unit is within sign up range of your army and not within engagement range of any enemy units, instead of making a consolidation move, it can instead make a normal move of up to six. So Praise B, it's not just a move of whatever their move characteristic is, and then therefore you can find something that moves 12 and just bug out. Six <laughs> isn't the end of the world. It's still pretty damn good, though, right? Yeah, th- this is still going to be a very, very powerful stratagem, especially because of the uh, limitations that we have on consolidation moves uh, now. Um, the ability to just make a normal move up to six after you've sort of fought is... It's really nice. I think you're going to be able to use this to move block a lot better. Uh, you, there are, might be some instances where you have uh, get back behind a wall so you can't be yep. shot. Um, yeah, th- there's – I mean, Overrun was used in ninth edition and it was a lot more powerful than this, but we already saw the value and the effect it can have. So I think, I, I think Overrun is a lot, much more limited, but you're still going to see it used every game by Tyranid players. Yeah, totally agree. I, th- I think the setup is going to be... It, it was already really obvious when people were doing it then. I think now it's going to be even more telegraphed of when, when people are going to want to do it, right? Definitely. Definitely. All right, we have only two left. Man, so funny to say, like, we are, what, 22 minutes into the review, and usually at the end of... Like, if this was a to the Tyranid Codex, the end of the first week of the review would be after we finish the stratagems. Which, yeah. I mean... I don't want to speak too early, but I would like that to not be the case come the night of the 10th edition actual codexes. Anyway, what's the, what's the next one? Synaptic Insight, which is 1 CP. Uh, when your command phase, 
Target up to two Tyranid units from your army that are within synapse range of your army, or one other Tyranid's unit from your army. Sele uh, the effect, select one hyper adaptation until the end of the battle round. That hyper adaptation is active for those selected units in addition to any other unit that may be active, any other one that may be active for your army. And the restrictions, you cannot select the same hyper adaptation you selected at the start of the first battle round. Fair, so there's no doubling up or any anything like that. Um, mm. But this seems extremely. This is what you're talking about—the flex pick. So when you want this to have this is a flex pick. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're if someone's playing a very well-rounded list and you need to go and kill their dreadnought or something, you can go lethal hits when you need to, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So I think this this is one though. The existence of this stratagem does sort of worry me in the sense that when I think what will happen a lot of games when you're picking your hyper adaptations, you're just going to end up picking swarming instincts. Correct. And then flexing into the others as required if you're about to charge a vehicle or charge into something with characters. Yep. Um, unless it's a very skew army like Knights where you just need the sixes to hit auto wound. But yep. this is a very good utility stratagem um, just to be able to get what you need um, when you're planning to go fight certain targets. Totally agree, man. I mean, this this is probably the best one so far. Only one CP for two units. I mean, but what I've, I've also... Um, we'll, we'll talk about it at the end. Last one is Endless Swarm, 1 CP. When your command face uh, and the target up to two Endless Multitude units from your army that are within Synapse range or one that is not. Uh, and the effect is up to D3 plus 3 destroyed models are returned to each of those selected units. This is really good. This is this very is my good. favorite strategy. I, this I, is my favorite strategy. I lost a game. I lost my first. So we played. I played a Leviathan game on the weekend. I lost because of this. Legit. He... Yeah, got, got Gaunt onto my home objective after, you know, running him up the board. And, yeah, just kept using this on my home objective. I couldn't take it back. Yeah, it's this is an awesome stratagem. I mean, I can't believe you can do this on two units. Yeah, uh, like wild. Just the value of getting, you know, six plus 2d3 models back is just, oh, I love this. I love this. I'm going to use this so much. And it happens in your command phase. So, as I understand it, you're still going to be able to use this to reach objectives uh, before you score them. Correct. So, uh, yeah, this is this is just awesomely powerful. And again, it's adding into that board control nature of how I think Tyrion is going to play. Um, quickly off the top of your head, what are the Endless Multitude units? And I won't hold you to it if you missed a couple, but yeah. Yeah, so I believe this is all of your Gaunts with the exception of Barb Gaunts. So this will be your Termagaunts, Homagaunts, uh, Gargoyles, and I believe also the Neurogaunts are now Endless Multitude as well. Fair. Uh, that would make sense. They are. They have that gaunt word there right surely surely i would i would i would think so but when we go past the data sheets we might i might just be able to quickly see if that is endless multitude but i won't spend much time on nah, your because no they're not that surprising fair uh all right so encapsulating your suite of stratagems you have six of them as far as i can tell you want to use like four of them as many times as possible you want to forehead mash four of these at all times um yeah the, the endless so i Literally, I love that all of these have the caveat that if you are in synapse range, they are ex they are ridiculously efficient. But even if you're not, if like the chips are down, you've lost all your um, synapse creatures, like turn four or turn five, they're still relevant. They still do something worthwhile. I think that is a really good design choice. Yeah, and also I think it's good just uh, from a, a flavor perspective. You're going to really want to make sure that your synaptic web is going to be really strong in your games. It makes it feel... It makes Synapse feel more relevant than just the uh, Battleshock on 3D. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, correct. Because uh, it's way more synergistic than just here is a rule that you get. You get this. You get this one rule. It's yeah, so good. The only the only one I think is kind of the stinker is Death mm-hmm. Frenzy. One CP for a fifty fifty to fight on death. I'd, I would much rather one CP for like you yeah. know this this model one hundred percent fights on death. Um, then yeah, a fifty fifty. Yeah, I'd, I'd spend an extra CP for the guaranteed as well. Same. I, I agree. I think Death Frenzy is not a. Uh, a stratagem that you want to use unless you're really desperate to uh, flip an objective. Um, yeah, because or, again, or command points are so... Or hold one, yeah. yeah. Camp, command points are just so valuable. You need to make sure that you're getting the absolute value out of them when you're going yeah. to use them. Agreed. Uh, it's interesting that they, <laughs> that's called... Uh, there's the one CP strat, rapid regeneration, which doesn't regenerate. And then there's the endless swarm strat that does regenerate. I just find yeah. that funny. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So far, like, phenomenal, phenomenal rules. But let's jump into the enhancements. So, for the, this thing is was doing this for the first time, enhancements are what we are getting in the indexes, at least, to replace the flavor we got from Warlord Traits and Relics. And to some extent, you know, the other, other bit of nuances we had from the, like, build your own options, you know, like the... um. The Cryptek Ar- Arcanas and the, the dollar menu stuff. So, yeah. from, what was it? What was it in the Tyrannus? It was the bio, bio uh, enhancement, biomorphology, adaptive yeah. biomorphology. So exactly, I feel like right. that's what it was. Yeah. So the first of these, and um, do you you have the points cost for these? Yeah. Uh, I don't have the points cost for these ones, unfortunately. No. Fair enough. They're probably coming. Might be out by the time we're reviewing this. But alien cunning is the first of these. Uh, Tyrannus model only. After both players have deployed their armies, select up to three Tyrannus units from your army and redeploy them. When doing so, you can set those units up in strategic reserves if you wish, regardless of how many units you already have there. Oh dear me, oh my, that's an auto take. Yeah, I mean, look, redeploys. I love redeploys. They're just they're so good. Uh, yeah, you, I think you're going to take this nine times out of ten. It just, especially because Tyranids have so many infiltrating units now, or scout yeah. units as well. Like the ability to just, I, I'm assuming this will happen uh, again after we know who's getting the first turn, and being able to just go right, I can change my game plan on the fly. So valuable. Absolutely. All right, next one. Perfectly adapted. Tyranids model only. Once per turn, you can reroll one hit roll, one wound roll, one damage roll, one advance roll, one charge roll, or one saving throw made for the bearer. Really good by today's by today's ninth edition metrics. You may see it on some certain builds. Do you think it's going to make the cut here? I'm not sure. I think it's. Uh, we had something very similar as a warlord trait for the Leviathan warlord trait, uh, and it was once per battle round. So this is better because it's once per turn. So you could you know. Reroll a wound roll and then reroll a saving throw to yeah. your opponent's turn. Um, however, I just don't think we want to be focusing on like a single model. Um, this is too like it affects this one model, and I don't think Tyranids are about synergistic. There we go. Um, and this doesn't play into that. Well, that totally my feel as well. Um, although if there was like a super beta and you just take it to another level, like that might, that might be a thing. Um, all right, Synaptic Linchpin is next. Tyranid model only. While a friendly Tyranid unit is within nine of the bearer, is within Synapse range of your army. So that's instead of six. Uh, is this good? I'm not sure. So this seems really boring. But I actually yep. think this is quite... And the reason being is that, as you've already seen in the stratagem section... Synapse yep. is going to be really important and being Agreed. able to just make sure that you're, or it's easier to keep, 
you know, spread out your synaptic wave and make sure your units are always in range of it, it is going to be really good. Um, I, I think there'll be a lot of times where you, I think you'll try this in one game, do the next mm-hmm. game without it, and you'll miss it immediately. I think this is going to be quite, sure. quite. What's your gut feel on which model this goes on best? Um, I think it'll be something that can join a unit. So maybe something like a, a, a neuro tyrant because it can just, yep. sorry, not a, uh, yeah, neuro tyrant. So just so you can sort of like position it a little bit better. It's not as easy to get through because it can join units like tyrant mm. guard or the neuro gaunts and it can just sit there. And also in the command phase, it can use its two little brain bugs to sort of just give synapse in 12 as well. That's pretty good. Um, all right. Last one. Adaptive biology. The bearer has the feel no pain five possibility, and at the start of any turn, if the bearer has fewer than a starting number of wounds remaining until the end of the battle, it has the feel no pain four possibility Ooh. instead. <laughs> wow. Okay, that is very strong. But uh, is there a unit that warrants such protection? Oh, I think so. I think uh, the Turvagon loves this. Because um, a bit of a spoiler alert is that the uh, the big Bertha she can't be character protected anymore. She can't join units either. So uh, she's going to get shot. And if she's getting shot, I'd like her to be as hard as possible to kill. And this makes her very, very hard to kill. So I'm, I've got some questions about how this works, and maybe it warrants an FAQ, but when does this kick in? Can I slow roll my saves until I've lost... Uh, sorry, okay, so I, f- I fail my, my armor or invuln save, and then I roll my first five up, feel no pain, and I fail it. Are the rest of them in the same pile of wounds to be taken at four up or five up no, uh, so it, during in the wording it says at the start of any turn if the bearer yep. has it's less than a starting number of wounds remaining so you would essentially uh the first time you're shot you'd have that five plus feel no five plus feel no pain and let's say you lost three wounds uh didn't take any more damage next turn you would have a four plus feel no pain Easy done and well explained. Thank you, because I'm sure there was going to come with some questions. Um, this seems it's I, I like it a lot, but the only thing it does is that it, it really, if there was a target painted on your Turvagon, let's just say it's on there, it gets painted even more that if you're going to shoot it, you kill it that turn or don't bother. Correct, yeah. Um, well, I think heal, that's sometimes not always a bad thing because it's sort of like no. they may not want to invest into it until they're ready, which means that it just might not get shot. And I like not getting shot. Perfect. All right, mate. Uh, that is the end of the rules section. We're about to go into the data sheets. What's, I mean, so far, most of this is phenomenal in my in my experience. Yeah. If we're just going by the rules alone and like taking, not even considering what the data sheets are, like, yeah, I, I, it, they're so exciting. Just the stratagems, yeah. when I read them, I was like, every one of these, with the exception of one, feels just almost like a broken stratagem. I was like, mm. you know, how, how can you be allowed to have this? They're, they're so efficient. They're so powerful. Like, I, I can't even, like, I, it made me feel like the units themselves had to be really, really bad to justify using these strategies. Yeah. And as we'll get to, that's not really the case. There is some really good stuff in, in, in the data sheets. And uh, yeah, it's going to make for some really, really powerful combos. Beautiful. All right. Going to stick with uh, our guns. Give us uh, one or two of each of the sections of this book, data sheet-wise, and we will unpack them. What's your first pick that you like the most of in the HQ slot? So I'm going to talk about the Humble Hive Tyrant uh, because you're probably still going to see one in about every single list. Uh, the walkie-walkie talk about, or the flappy-flappy? I'm talking flappy. about the walkie one. So the, the flappy-flappy yep. one, I think, I think you might be paying for some of his sins from uh, Ninth Edition. 
he's still an yep. okay data sheet, but he's definitely lost a lot of his luster. However, the walking hive tyrant seems a lot more appealing. So he has an eight-inch move. He's toughness ten with a two-plus save, ten yep. wounds, leadership seven-plus, and an objective control of three. Now I'll uh, go through the abilities that he has. So he has deadly demise D three. He's a leader. Uh, he can join tyrant guard. Is uh, shadow in the warp and synapse. And his unique abilities are Will of the Hive Mind. Once per turn, one friendly tier in his unit within 12 of one or more models with this ability can be targeted with a stratagem for zero command points. Even if another unit from your army has already been targeted with that stratagem this phase. Very nice. Very, very good. And his second ability is Onslaught, which is a psychic aura. While a friendly tier in his unit is within six inches of this model, ranged weapons equipped by models in that unit have the Assault ability. Hmm. Comes with a four plus and vulnerable save on top of that. So, firstly, just something that I know probably people are going to have questions about. A lot of these stratagems that Tyrannies have trigger for two models, so so for two units. Would you be spending the zero PCP even if they are in signups range to just get one unit, or would you get both? I believe you would get both because it says you you get it for zero command points even if another unit from your army has already been targeted with that stratagem this phase. So I believe you would be able to use that stratagem to, uh, you'd be able to spend zero command points to give <laughs> the uh, give the buff to two units, providing they are both within synapse, synapse. range. Very powerful. So all of a sudden you can have four of those things popping pop and right off. Um, and how do you feel about the onslaught power? Is that very good? Uh, I think so. Uh, like, it, it's just nice utility. I don't think there are that many shooting profiles that uh, Tyranids have that are like, you know, eye-wateringly good. But just being able to advance and shoot, it just means you can get places and still still do well, something. It's given them back a little bit of what they used to have. Because, I mean, in the current Codex, just about everything they got is assault, right? All their weapons? Yeah, most of them are assault. Yes, correct. So this has just given them a little more of that. And as you said, on that go turn, you, if you need to use your guns, you're going to be able to use your guns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, like... It's just, like, movement and still being able to shoot, it, like, has always just been good. So I think this is just a flat rule. That's just nice to have. So um, you can have one of guns. So you can have one of a Heavy Venom Cannon or a Stranglethorn Cannon. I think I just read that they're exclusive at the bottom. But you yeah. can replace your Bone Sword and Lash Whip with a a, set, a Venom Cannon, Stranglethorn Cannon, or Scything Talons. Or you can exchange your Monster Scything Talons for a Venom Cannon or a Heavy Stranglethorn Cannon. What do you think is your favorite build for this guy? So I still think the Heavy Venom, Venom Cannon and the Monstrous Bone Sword and Lash Whip is the way to go. Um, so the, the Heavy Venom Cannon has... Uh, lost a lot of its luster from 9th edition, um, but I still think it's the preferred gun over the Stranglethorn Cannon. So it's now 36 from range, D3 attacks, uh, BS2+, Strength 9, AP2, and Damage 3. Um, uh, look, it's lost a point of damage, it's lost a point of AP, um, and look, Strength 9 isn't what it used to be, but look, I still think this is something that can just shoot into five Terminators and, you know, potentially kill one, uh, yeah. which is kind of nice just to have to soften up before, you know, Absolutely. it itself charges in or something else does. Uh, and, uh, and then it's got, what, six attacks with that are twin-linked uh, at hitting on twos at, strength, at the same profile, Strength 9, AP2, three damage. So kind of a nice little bit of duality that you could like get three shots with your venom cannon and then go with another six shots and they're all the same freaking profile so very easy for you to remember when you're playing against them yeah i do also think there's a a world where you just take the hive tyrant without a gun and you just take him yep. with the uh to the 
Siphon Talents in addition because they are extra attacks and you would get four extra uh, Strength 7, Neg 2 damage to attacks, which honestly, at that point, your half Talents got 10 attacks, which feels pretty nice. Does indeed. Do you have another HQ we're talking about? Yeah, I, I want to talk about... Uh, I, want to talk, I want to talk about Big Bertha because... Turbigon. Uh, All right. Because I love this model and uh, I still want to give her a go, even though I don't think she is quite what she used to be. But she's movement 8, toughness 11, save 2+, plus, 16 wounds, leadership 7+, and her objective control of 5. She has stinger salvos and she can take either monstrous massive crushing claws or uh, their scything talents. But her abilities are spawn termagants in your command phase. You can select one friendly termagants unit within 6 inches of this model and return up to D3 plus 3 destroyed termagant models to that unit. And a Termagons unit cannot be selected for this ability more than once per phase. And Brood Progenitor is a Psychic Aura. While a friendly Termagons unit is within 6 inches of this model, ranged weapons equipped by models in that unit have the Lethal Hits ability. There you go. Uh, another reason not to take the uh, anti monster anti-vehicle Lethal Hits ability, because you just get it on your aura on your, your little bugs. Yeah, kind of yeah that it will. only affects Termagons, but yeah, again, it's, yeah. these are another reason not to take it. Uh, uh, it looks like the scything talons are better than the claws for me as well. Yeah, I think having the scything talons profile. is the way to go. Yeah, ha having a sweet profile. So eight attacks at hitting on threes at strength seven minus one two, um, or you can crush for four attacks hitting on threes also strength nine minus two d six. The crushing claws are good, but I don't think you want her that close to any of those things anyway. No, and it's also weapon skills four plus. So at that point, yeah, you, just, you, you, you yeah. know, you're casino rolling to hopefully do some damage. So <laughs> yeah, you you're know. praying for praying for averages. Correct. Uh, but toughness toughness eleven, uh, two plus save and sixteen wounds. That is a pretty healthy defensive yeah, profile. And especially if you consider putting the adaptive biology on it, she's she's pretty healthy. She's not going to go down easily. Um, but she can't have it. She doesn't have the same tricks she did before of just not being able to be shot. Um, yep. But why I do like it still is the spawn Termagons ability is just really cool too. So if you combine that with the stratagem, you could be getting, uh, you know, nine plus 3d3, uh, you know, little bugs back a turn, which is yeah. like a, a crazy amount of just extra Huge. models you're going to get throughout a game. Totally agree, mate. All right, on to the troops section. What are your go-tos? What are you liking the look of? So um, I, I'm going to talk about Hormagons. I like Hormagons. So Hormagons are 10-inch move. They are toughness 3, save 5+, plus, 1 wound, leadership 8+, plus, and objective control 2. Uh, they have 3 attacks that are weapon skill 4+, plus, string 3, AP 1, damage 1. Wow, uh, AP 1. Nice. AP 1. So uh, I was quite surprised to see that they still kept AP 1. Uh, but the thing that makes them cool is that they have Bounding Leap. This unit is led to declare a charge in a turn in which it advanced. These little dudes are quick. They are goers. Uh, you can have 10 to 20 in a unit. And so, yeah, you can go 16 plus 2d6. So you can go, what, 28 inches if you roll yep. the 12 on the charge? Correct. And the 6 on the advance? That's a threat range, mate. That is legitimate. It is. And also, just on top of that as well, is that being fast with objective control 2, two. feels really, really strong. Really yep. strong. Like being able to do that primary denial move block, just be a general nuisance is just awesome for these guys. My um, only fear for these dudes is that they, they don't get synapse that often. So that's they, where they I think... Like, 
I think they mm, pair go. really well with the neuro tyrant because the neuro tyrant yep. can give them their little the little brain bug, and they can go off and just be their annoying thing, and then they'll have their 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 synapse for that turn. You can then yep. proc off your cool little abilities, and um, yeah, then then they'll just they'll die. They'll just be cool. Yep. gone. They've done their job. I like them a lot, man. I, I think they're mm. really cool. Um, what do I talk about next? We've got Gargs, Neurogaunts, or... Actually, are Neurogaunts in the troops? Uh, they're only objective control one, so I guess they're technically not troops. Well, I um, guess there actually aren't, there aren't troops anymore, anything, not anything really like that anymore, are there? They're anymore, yeah. There is no sort of battlefield roles. But uh, I do want to talk about Gargoyles, because they're also very interesting. So they're movement 12, T3, 6 plus save, one wound, 8 plus leadership, and objective control two. Yep. And they hum with a flesh borer, so it's one attack at 18 inch range, uh, four plus to hit, strength five, and damage one, zero AP. Um, and but what makes them cool is their data sheet ability. So they have wing swarm uh, in your shooting phase after this unit has shot. If it's not within engagement range of enemy units, it can take and it make a normal move up to six inches. If it does until the end of the turn, it's not eligible to glare a charge. Wow. Okay. So there are there are some things that are coming to mind already. So to be able to heroic intervene to some into somebody, they had to have declared a charge. You are taking away objectives without having to charge people with these guys. So you can move. Well, you roll a six on the advance because they got assault weapons. They can still shoot. So you can yes. go eighteen, shoot, then move another. So you can go twenty four inches and just snag an objective with OC two. Um, really good. Uh, uh, once again, coming unit of ten to twenty. Phenomenal. Yeah, and also another thing they have is uh, deep strike, and here's a here's a little uh, tasty tasty nugget for you, Adam. Is that currently, as I understand it, you these can do boys this off can the deep, deep strike. strike in. You can mm. shoot something, and then you can move your six inches, because the rule that states that you can't move after doing uh, deep strikes, as far as I can tell, is Doesn't no longer exist. in the game. It might so, be in the GT pack, and of course, it might be in the know, GT, GT pack, pack withstanding, but in in the core rules, it is not yep. there. So that could be some, crazy. That could be very, very powerful. So I, I would hope they have a bit of common sense to make sure that that isn't a thing. But if it is, I will definitely be abusing that. So uh, just a heads up for all the uh, non-tuned players out there. They could do this to you, potentially. They could, absolutely. All right, give us your next pick. Oh, well, I suppose, like I said, things like elite, fast attacks, heavy supports don't actually exist anymore. Um, I kind of just copy and paste what we used to do into this run sheet. So give us um, give us the best couple of big bugs, your best couple of uh, monsters. Yeah, I'm going to talk about some interesting ones. My The first one I'm going to talk about is the Toxicrine. And Lovely. I've never used the Toxicrine in an actual game of 40k before. But I'm excited to actually use it. And the main reason is also, as as cool as the model looks, it's awful to move around a table. Terrific. uh, The massive massive tentacles. And that still might be a reason why you just don't take it. Worst worst model to transport in existence. Correct. It is awful. Imagine trying to put this on a plane. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. But it's move eight, toughness 11 with a three plus save, 14 wounds, eight plus leadership, and objective control. Not bad. That's Do a good start line. you want to hit the uh, data sheet abilities for me, Adam? Because I think they're pretty Yeah, good. sure. So Deadly Demise D3, and it gives Synapse, which is very nice. Um, it doesn't grasping... give Synapse, sorry. It just has the faction uh, Synapse. Oh, okay. So what yeah. denotes giving, the giving of Synapse? Uh, I believe it's in the keywords. Uh, it'll have Or is it synapse. the leader? 
Uh, let me just shout out. Oh, yeah, faction. Yeah, I'm confused. Um, oh, yes, you're right. In the keyword down at the bottom of the data sheet. A good thing I found that because <laughs> I can only assume other people will find that confusing. All right, grasping tendrils. Each time an enemy unit, excluding titanic units, with engagement range of one or more units from your army with this ability selected to fall back, you can roll 1d6. On a 3+, plus, the enemy unit must remain stationary instead. Freaking great. And then hypertoxic miasma, which is an aura. At the end of your movement phase, roll 1d6 for each enemy unit within 6 of this model. On a 2 to 3, it suffers 1 mortal wound. On a 4 to 5, it suffers d3 mortal wounds. And on a 6, it suffers d6 mortal wounds. Um, within 6 of this model, is that off the tippy tip of its like of its wingspan? Of its uh, tendrils? I, I don't out believe so. I still think it goes off the base. Because um, I hadn't even considered that. If it works off the tentacles, that's going to be... Uh, it's like half the table. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's <laughs> like your entire enemy deployment zone is in my toxic range. It's the new um, Maliceptor at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> it is at that stage. But um, yeah, I think these data sheets abilities are actually really good. So um, the first thing I want to talk about is the no fallback on a three plus. Um, so my first thought that this was going to be less valuable because uh, in the core rules, you can now just shoot at monsters even if they're in close combat now. But where the value of this comes in is it potentially forces your opponent to shoot at this thing because if you've tagged up units that they want to shoot elsewhere, um, they won't be able to shoot until this thing is dead. So if you're forcing him to shoot their guns at this toughness 11 throughout save dude, like you're dictating again, it's that board control thing. You're dictating what they're going to be shooting at, and the rest of your army is going where it wants to be, much safer. So I think that's going to be really cool. Agreed. Uh, Toughness eleven seems to be a nice breakpoint as well. Uh, all the multi melters in the world are going to win a new one fires. Doesn't have an invuln, but fourteen wounds is a very healthy amount. Uh, yeah, I like. I actually think you're onto a winner. This could be a little a little sleeper if people yeah, can also, uh, though, stand the model. The mortal wound generation on this thing is actually no joke. Like, Dude, it's not. Against an MSU army, you 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 got to do some some real damage to them. So four I, plus I for a like smite, like I like it, man. I like it a lot. I mean, two to three. I mean, only a one does nothing. Two to three is one. Four to five is a smite. You know, cool. You rolled a six. Congrats. Rip, rip, rip the uh, the roulette wheel and see if you get a one or a six. Yeah, I mean, we do need some at least some casino roll units, right? But this is Absolutely a casino right. roll unit that I'm happy to, to try out and give it a give it a shot. All right, what's your next pick for a big bug? Uh, next pick for a big bug is my favorite Tyranid model of all time, and again, has always kind of been pretty. It's actually been okay this edition, just not the best thing ever. But that is the Haruspex. Dude, I think thank a, you. I think is a real winner. Uh, I looked at this data sheet and my eyes kind of popped, not going to lie. All right. Let me give you the, the first rundown. So it moves eight. Uh, it's also got toughness 11 with a three plus save. Actually, it's a two up save right now, doesn't it? It does. Um, so it has lost the save point, yeah. 14 wounds, leadership 8, and uh, 4OC. It's got a grasping tongue for its ranged weapon, which is range 12, 1 attack. Hits on a 3 at strength 6, AP 2, D6, plus 1 damage. So the damage characteristic is pretty legit. And then in melee, it's got a ravenous maw, which is 14 attacks, hitting on 3s at strength 7, minus 1, 2. And then extra attacks with its shuffling claws for 4 attacks to hit on 3s at strength 14, minus 2, D6, plus 1 again. This thing slaps. 
the fact that it gets the ravenous more and um, the extra always gets the shoveling claws. Like, geez, all right, what's the special abilities? Uh, has Grizzly Spectacle as its only uh, unique ability, which is uh, each time this model selects fight, after resolving its attacks, if one or more enemy units were destroyed by those attacks, each enemy unit within six of this must take a battle shock test. Within six, so it's a it pops off its own little shadow in the warp. Yeah, that's just a little mini nice. one. It's a cute little thing. Yeah. The other thing I, I just want to go back to on the ranged weapons is that Scrasping Tongue is precision. And that's actually, I think, actually quite relevant. Just the ability to just like potentially just wig out one little like annoying character out of the squad. It's well, just dude, a nice little a, cake on top. If that's a um a, a wound a four wound character, like let's just say it's a, a company commander or something, they're gonna get hit on a three, wounded on a two have their five up and then they're like uh, two plus three plus to die because it's D six plus one. Um, that's not, it's enough to scare people for sure. Dude, I just can't get over how many attacks this thing gets. It's, 18. 18, it's got 18 attacks, man, um, yeah. which all could have exploding sixes uh, yep. or for a CP exploding fives. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is good. This you, is uh, a really cool, really cool unit. I hope he. I hope he sees the table because you're right. He's my. It's my favourite Tyranid model, and I've never seen it be anything but a bit of a. Uh, he's got a mouth only a, only a mother could love, and <laughs> uh, boy, do I love him! <laughs> all right, all right. One more big, one more big monster, and then we'll go for some medium bugs. All right, one big bug. Let let let's go back to the uh, uh, the the notorious Maliceptor, which is. You know, obviously, if you play 9th edition, you know about the Maliceptor. You love to hate him, but he, he, he's, he's cool still. He, he can still hang with the group. So he's movement 8, toughness 11, 3 plus saves, wounds 14, leadership 7 plus, and objective control 4. Very interesting. Every bug we've done has exactly the same stat line, um, except for yeah. the leadership has gone up by is, is one better for the Maliceptor. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's because he is a synapse unit still. So uh, his ranged weapons, so he has his Psychic Overload, which is Blast and Psychic. It's range 18, D6 plus 3 attacks, Blister Seal 3 plus. It is Strength 10, AP 2, and Damage 3. Dude, that is Blast? So you shoot at a, tw- you're in the mirror match and you shoot at a 20-man unit of Gaunts. That's 7 plus D6 shots? Sure is. Whew, not bad. Yeah, it, it's a pretty good Great gun. Great profile. It, it's... Like it's very, I feel like this is one of your best like marine killing profiles. Like yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah, it's it's really at range anyway. It's it's very nice. Uh, and as melee weapons, it's just got the sighting talons. He either has three big crush attacks that are strength nine, AP two, and D six plus one damage, or the sweep, which is uh, uh, six attacks, three plus strength seven, AP one, damage two. So there's nothing really to write home about in combat. But the, the psychic attack is good. And the data sheet ability is also pretty interesting. So encephalic diffusion, and I really hope I pronounced that right, is uh, a psychic not. aura. While an enemy unit is within six inches of this model, each time a model in that unit makes an attack, subtract one from the hit roll. And if that enemy unit is below half strength, subtract one from the wound roll as well. Oh, I like that a lot. 
Also, well done, GW, getting Phallic into... Uh, we should have Phallic in more <laughs> abilities, please. No, uh, I think we need to rate indexes on their ability to put the word Phallic into there. We really should. This one uh, is... Uh, I think this is, a, this is a gold star standard. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but is this ability any good, mate? I, I, I'm not sure, actually. I think this is a really powerful ability. But it's going to be a bit hard to utilize. But this... What I like about it is that you could potentially like stand this, get it in the right position in your opponent's castle or the where their damage is, and just really like modify how much damage they're actually going to do in a turn. Um, just even on this one, subtract one from the hit roll, um, and if you can get the subtract one from the wound roll, it's even better. But I think if a unit is below half strength at that point, it's not doing that much damage anyway. Well, where that's, where that's actually really big, mate, is when you have characters attached to units, because you give a, a ball of character that's going to be in a grindy unit. Let's say it's a unit of, uh, like, let's, let's say it's a super captain in a unit of five Terminators. So as soon as it's got two guys left, that, that character is absolutely wrecked for yes. output-wise. Yeah, it's that's really, true. really that's quite true. ordinary. Yeah, and the other thing about this to note is that this isn't just for attacks that are targeting the Malice Scepter. This is any unit within six is going to... Any, if you shoot something, you know, on the other side of the table, but within six is this Malice Scepter, subtracting one from the hit roll. So you could play a, a Horde army and just hit this guy a couple of layers in from your front rank. And therefore, when you're charged, because you have to base people when you charge them now, it's impossible for... if you're As long as you're within six of the front rank, like... They can't not take this. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Again, it's just forcing where they have to like deal with units. All right, mid bug time, and I'm taking us to one first. I'm taking control because biovores are not okay, and you guys all need to know that they are not okay. But I will be hand passing to my good mate Stu to tell you all about it. Yeah, I love biovores. No, you're gonna hate them, but I love. Oh, they're dumb as hell. They're d- they're dumb. How many times must we teach you this, G-Dub? Spore mines are not okay. Delete them. Just delete the whole freaking idea of them. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so, Biovores, they're moving five, toughness six, four plus save, four wounds, leadership eight plus, and objective control of one. Stats aren't that amazing, but it has a Spore Mine launcher, just 48 inch range, D3 attacks, with still four plus, strength six, AP one, damage two. This weapon has blast, devastating wounds, heavy and indirect fire. So, you know, but let me tell you right now, you're not going to be shooting this gun. You are never going to be shooting this gun unless it really, really counts. Smelee weapons, don't care about them. They're just garbage. And the, but the rule, this rule, seed spore mines in your shooting phase. Each time this unit is selected to shoot, it can use this ability instead of making any attacks with this ranged weapon. So that's why you don't need to know the gun profile. If it does, you can add a new Spore Mines unit to your army and set it up anywhere on the battlefield that is within 48 inches of this unit, but more than 9 inches horizontally away from all enemy units. That Spore Mines unit contains one model for each model in this unit. Okay. We need to go from here directly to the Spore Mine data sheet, and you need to tell us what they do, how they work. Oh, the cheeky little Spore Mine. I'll tell you what it does right now. When I, I, am, uh, I am incredulous that we have come, not even full circle. It felt like, it felt like just like a uh, two sleeps ago we had this issue in the game. 
Yeah. Here well, we go. I found it. Before you could generate too many of them and they dealt too many mortal wounds. But they had a, a, a good rule that they added to the game, which just meant that they couldn't be used to uh, zoning out deep strikes. They, you ignored them for moving through them and stuff like that. But I don't know if they just forgot to add that, but, you know, it, they, it's not there. So this is moving for toughness one, save seven up, one wound, A plus leadership and zero objective control. But it has two amazing rules. The first one is bio minefield. Enemy units cannot start or end an advance move within six inches of this unit. Why? <laughs> imagine, imagine being able to advance and charge, and then I just put these in the way. Oh, correct. And then correct. Uh, floating death. Each time an enemy unit ends a move within three inches of a model in this unit, and each time a model in this unit ends a move within three inches of an enemy unit, roll one day six. On a two to five, that unit suffers one model wound. On a six... That unit suffers D3 model wounds. The model in this unit that caused that roll is then destroyed. Yeah. Uh, so it's for each one that is within three. So if you can't get the whole unit within three, only the model, they explode model yeah, by model. It is yeah? per model, correct. Yeah. 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 Um, three to six ball mines per unit. But, I mean, there's nothing right now in the game to say these guys can't do all the things that can get in your way to be ignored, to be... I mean, so they are bla- they are beasts, they fly, and they have the Great Devourer and the Spore Mine keywords. So they... Uh, uh, you can't walk past them, you can't walk through them, you can't dodge them, weave through them, you can't do anything. They block out your opponent's deep strikes and reserves. They are an absolute freaking problem. And they are free units, once again. We have free freaking units. Um... <laughs> continuing my meme of uh, the for every every edition of the game that I've ever played, flyers have been busted at some point, splitting horrors have been busted at some point, and spore mines have been busted at some point. Congratulations, we never left. All right, <laughs> um, what's the next medium bug we need to talk about? Uh, I want to talk about the Von Ryan Leaper, which is a new model from the Leviathan box set. So hopefully, some of you might Old. be building this model as you listen to this podcast. The old um, Vonniars, as, the Vonniars. as we call them, or, or the Vonniels, <laughs> depending how you want to say their stupid name, but you continue. Yeah. Uh, but they are movement 10, toughness 5, save 4 plus with 3 wounds, leadership 8 plus, and objective control 1. Uh, they have Leaper's Talons as their melee weapon, which gives them 6 attacks that are going to hit on 3s, strength 5, AP 1, and damage 1. Their core abilities are Fights First, Infiltrators, and Stealth. So we already know fights first is a phenomenal freaking thing to have. Infiltrators and stealth, so they're minus one to hit all the time, yeah? Uh, I believe it's only shooting. But they it's are so minus shooting, one that's what I mean. But yeah, yeah. In the shooting phase, yeah. Yes. And they infiltrate. So phenomenal keywords, phenomenal yeah. core abilities. And it's strat- the, not stratagem, but the ability it has on the starter sheet is Pouncing Leap. You can target this unit with the Heroic Intervention Stratagem for zero CP. And can do so even if you have already used that stratagem on a different unit this phase. Nice. And they come in a unit of three to six as to well. Six. So you can have 36 attacks. If you want to have a full unit, they all move 10 inches. Toughness five with a four-up save seems pretty good as well. Three, they uh, also three have a six-boss and vulnerable save, which is easy to miss. But it's true. There. But yeah, being minus one to hit with a six-up, uh, that seems pretty good. I mean, in all honesty, um, they're going to have... As far I've played two games, and I think the amount of times that my opponent hasn't gotten a save when I've shot them has been once so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so these guys will have cover as well. So they might as well have, might as well say. So you've got to try off hammerheads, and that's all that really matters. 
<laughs> Watch people fume. <laughs> you what? Why have you got a six up? Are you like, lol, six up, good. Um, all right, give us one more, mate, and then we will be done with these data sheets. There are, and, and we, I acknowledge we are covering like less than a quarter of the data sheets in here. So yeah, th- forgive us. There's so we're, many. There are so this many. Is, this is just for NIDs, like Space Marine. There are, there are so many Space Marines, Chaos Space Marines. There are a lot of other bigger um, faction, like, sorry, data slate pools that we're not going to do justice to. But, hey, we can only do what we can do. The last one I want to talk about is uh, Tyranid Warriors, which are actually two data sheets. So I'm sort of cheating here a bit, Adam, but um, they actually have gone through a bit of a change. So a lot of their weapons have been rolled into essentially a single profile that are you a shooty Tyranid Warrior or are you a fighty Tyranid Warrior? Um, so both of them have the same uh, stat line, which is movement 6, toughness 5, save 4+, plus, 3 wounds, leadership 7+, plus, and objective control 2. Uh, but the shooting variant, so this one will have one set of melee weapons and uh, a gun of some variety. Uh, they can still take all the same guns they could before. And there's too many to really go through all the different ones, but uh, the you know, Venom Cannons are still good. Despiders are still good. Um, and their melee weapon is five attacks at weapon skill three plus, string five, AP one, damage one. Uh, if you're a shooty Tyranid Warrior, the cool special rule you get is Adaptable Predators. This unit is eligible to shoot and declare a charge in a turn in which it fell back. Nice, not bad at all. And then the aggressive, so the melee ones, um, at the start of the fight phase, you can select one of the following abilities to apply to models in this unit. You can re-roll the hit roll of one, or you can re-roll the saving throw of one, which, funnily enough, is the same abilities that Bladeguard get. Exactly the mm. same. Uh, but you yeah. need Bladeguard. Tyranid Bladeguard, and they have six attacks in combat that are twin-linked at uh, weapon skill 3+, plus, strength 5, neg 2 instead of neg 1, 1 damage. So one more attack, twin-linked, and one more AP than their uh, shooty-shooty counterpart. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, I like them. I, I yeah, think they're good. I, I think they're pretty good. I, I think they'll be probably, well, a Tyranid is 35 points in ninth. I think they're going to be cheaper than that. I would say they're going to be around that 30-point mark. Um, but like, I, I quite like both variants. Um, I, I love the ability to fall back, shoot, and charge. I think, obviously, that just makes them really, really flexible. Um, like, I still think you're going to see a, a few squads of these. Uh, the other thing is now they can only be taking max six-man squads. They can't do the nine-mans that they could before. That's interesting. So that that echoes what they're doing, what they have been doing with all the Primaris models. You can't take more than six Blade Guard and things like that. But it also means that people, everyone at home, just has way too many Tyranid Warriors now. Thank you very much, Sheeta. Yeah, I have too I many Tyranid t- Warriors. I have a real problem. Please, someone just take my Tyranid Warriors away. <laughs> I mean, everyone I know, every Tyranid player I know from Night Edition has 27 minimum. They everyone wanted the 3 by 9 And now that is just way too much. Yeah, well, the good thing is I don't have to try and tear off, you know, like a million Bone Swords and Scythe and Talents uh, again yeah, yeah, now yeah. because it's, oh, now Bone Swords is the best choice. They're all just yep. sort of one profile. Exactly right. All right, mate. Um, let's do one more. Let's stuff it. Let's do one more, mate. Pick, pick one. Let's go. Oh, one more. Okay. All right. I want to do something from the Leviathan box set because everyone's probably seen those data sheets now and starting to be aware of them. I'm going to choose a fun character who I love and is very near and dear to my heart, and that is Old One-Eye. Old One-Eye. Yeah, boy. I hope it's good. I, I quite like him. I quite like this guy. 
Now, if you are a fan of Carnifexes, not the new Scream Killer, who I hate to say I don't really rate him, but old one-eye, he's an OG Carnifex. I mean, surely you rate the model at least, yeah? Oh, the model's great. Love the model. Not a fan of his data sheet, but Fair. old one-eye, he's where it's at. So he's moving eight, toughness nine, two plus save, nine wounds, leadership eight, and objective control three. Do you want to give us through his weapons, Adam? Sure. He either has a strike, which is at weapon skill 3 plus 6 attacks, 14 minus the strength, sorry, strength 14 minus 3, D6 plus 1 damage. That is very healthy. Or he sweeps for 12 attacks a hit on 3s at strength 6 minus 1, 1 damage. He has a core abilities, is feel no pain 5 plus on his 9 wounds, and he has the leader ability. Um, what are his special abilities, mate? Uh, he has Alpha Leader. While this model is leading a unit, each time a model in that unit makes an attack, you can re-roll the hit roll. Damn. Okay. An unstoppable monster. At the start of each player's command phase, this model regains up to D3 loss wounds. Each player's command phase. Wow, you yeah, just so got to one-turn he, this guy. Potentially, he or... can get six wounds back in a turn. Right, yeah, well, around, you, I say. You, tr- you try and take a swing at him, you do six, and he's back at full by the next time you try and get another unit into him. Uh, that could That's pretty legit. He can join a unit of um, Carnifexes. He is an epic hero, so you have to you take what you can take. You can't get any enhancements. Dude, he's exciting. Three rolls, four rolls to hit on a unit of up to three Carnifexes. Could be legit. Well, Carnifexes um, are now capped at one to two, um, so you won't be able to take it with a big three-man. There you go. Good to know. But he makes... I think he's... I think if you want to run Carnifexes, I think you kind of have to run old One-Eye. So we didn't go through the Carnifex data sheet, but their weapon skill and ballistic skill were 4+, and I haven't seen yep. any way to improve that. So to make them go. a reliable uh, unit, I think you really want the reroll hits. There you go. Well, the real hits isn't locked. It's it's shooting and combat, so I think that's Correct. really good. Yeah, so he... Well, he's one of the only sources of re- full rerolls that I've seen in this book. Mm. No, I think... Uh, I've been through it pretty extensively, and I believe, yes, this is the only source of rerolls, apart from Twin Link and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that you that you already have. I mean, yeah. the ability to give rerolls to something. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that is pretty pretty spicy. All right, mate, on that note, we are going to wrap this up. Hopefully, we did this index justice, and you guys have enjoyed this chat regardless. You know, at the end of the day, if you aren't a tiered player, hopefully you've found us entertaining or informative. Uh, but, mate, how was how are you feeling about this, and how do you feel like... Now that you've seen a couple of indexes, do you feel like the tuners are going to hold up out in the meta in the environment? Well, as we're one of the first indexes to come out, and also one, of, uh, as I hear, one of the first codexes, uh, I'm a little worried that in the longevity we might seem uh, we might be a bit rough around the edges. However, for the start of tenth edition, uh, I think this is going to be a lot of fun to play and also very very powerful. Um, it's yeah. There's just so much fun stuff. I can't wait to uh, have the full full picture so I can just start playing games with my mates and also you, Adam. Just to, uh, yeah. I can't wait to get some tuned wins on you. I know you'll enjoy that. <laughs> uh, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. It will. Uh, but yeah, it's this is uh, for all tuned players out there. If you loved playing them in ninth, I still think it has the soul of the ninth book, just in a uh, a little bit more of a balanced way, with the exception of Spore Minds. And, um, yeah, you're going to have a great time. 
Fair enough. Well, we're going to go over part two and tell you how many spore or how many spore mine generators you need to take, be that Bibles of other or otherwise. And yeah, hopefully, guys, will enjoy have enjoyed this review. We're going to be talking all sorts over there. Hopefully, we're talking points as well. We, we're waiting to see when the points get released, and depending on when we record this, we'll be able to speak to the points or not. Because I'm I, I literally just had to take every recording slot I can to start and stay on top of this content train. So do apologize uh, if the points have come out and completely unhinged what we've reviewed but i think it'll stay the test of time regardless but yeah come and join us over on part two where we're going to be talking about what you want to take why you want to take it what it's going to be good into bad into etc etc hopefully you'll join us there Stu, anything you want to say or plug before we tune out uh i don't have much to plug but i will just say uh i'm uh if you want to find me i'm uh on discord under the username vandalix i'm on a few of the different uh, Warhammer 40k servers. So if you look at one of them, you'll probably find me. Feel free to hit me up, have a chat, because um, I enjoy talking 40k to absolutely anyone. So um, yeah, please, please annoy me. <laughs> Do it. He 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 thirsts for it. Um, anyway, good night. Take care. See you on part two, guys. See you later. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under. A content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.